Hi, welcome to The Whole Podcast, a production of Journey to Wholeness, where we talk about making sense of the past, healing the present, and rewiring your future. This month, we bring you a specialty series in honor of Mental Health Month, where in each episode, we will talk about how to develop practices and routines for your mental health. I'm Courtney Ford, and with me is Becky Elkintar, founder and director of Journey to Wholeness. And today, we're talking about developing a spiritual practice. Also joining us today is Barry Edgman, founder and director of Father Seekers. So welcome, Barry. Can you explain to all of us what Father Seekers is? Yeah. First, I feel like in the room with royalty here, like the workout (laughs) queen and woman of steel, and then Becky Alcantar, all things journey. Uh, Father Seekers uh, started several years ago, but in short, the short version is that we work with fatherless fathers and help coach them how to be better fathers. If you, one of the things we say a lot is if you don't know, you just don't know. And if a guy doesn't know how to be a good father, he's got no reference point how to do it. So we try to fill in the blanks of that reference point and help them figure out how to be great dads. Yeah, which is why uh, Pastor Barry is such a great asset to um, not only his own program, but to Journey to Wholeness as well as a facilitator, Um, which is why we invited him here today as we continued on in our four-part series on developing an emotional, uh, nutritional, uh, fitness uh, practice to support your mental health because we are in uh, the month of May in Mental Health Awareness Month. And in order for us to develop a great... uh, environment for our mental wellness, uh, we have to look at the different components that make up our part, that make up the ecology of the system uh, that is us, uh, that we are made up of many components and influences, uh, stories that we carry and hold, and then the things that we pick up on an everyday basis as we interact with the world around us. And so what I love about this topic is really it's so foundational. If we can develop a spiritual practice, if we can understand ourselves in terms of our spiritual health and incorporate uh, things to support us, to fortify us, to uh, fill us, really, this is the component, I think, in Journey to Wholeness that makes us whole. Um, without this component, I don't think I would have bothered talking about Journey to Wholeness um, because we can do all the other things, but if there's not a foundation for it to be planted and rooted and grow, uh, we're going to struggle. We're going to, uh, you know, I think you talked in your episode, Courtney, about the things that people struggle with that go beyond their physical health, um, the things that we struggle with uh, in our in our cognitive space that go beyond the cognitive uh, space itself. Uh, And so to understand that this is really uh, the place that is going to make the biggest difference um, is important to know. And I say that also acknowledging that for some of you, uh, the place of your spiritual practice may be somewhere where you encountered hardship or you encountered hurt. So I'm not uh, diminishing that at all. And uh, I, Actually, I'm hoping that our conversation today would invite you back to those spaces um, to realize that, you know, those spaces are made up of a lot of people looking to be their best selves, to look uh, looking to heal from something difficult, and we're just figuring it out together along the way. And when we can understand that, um, I think that helps us to understand that uh, sometimes that may have affected us, but it was not directed to us, whatever that situation was for you. Um, and that uh, 
the tools you'll hear about today and you can acquire uh, in being a part of a faith community um, far surpass uh, any inconveniences that we may encounter along the way. Mm. So, Pastor Barry, wow. <laughs> what is? <laughs> wow. So let's jump in. Hello. <laughs> and Pastor Barry, oh I'd God. love for you to like. Pastor Barry has a knack for simplifying things, mm. cutting to the chase is what he says. Mm. Uh, cutting past all of the complications and the clutter, and that's what we strive to do in Journey to Wholeness and in the whole podcast. So, define for us what is spiritual health. What's at the most base? Uh, uh, understanding what is spiritual health and what are we working toward? So one of my favorite to, to start, I'm a baseline guy and then then cut cut down to the bottom of it. But one of my favorite guys in history is a, an English Franciscan friar named William of Ockham. Mm. And, and if you know anything about that name, you know that there's a philosophical uh, process whereby he he was the first one to really speak of it, but it goes all the way back to the AD 90 when it was first talked about. But the short version is with that, with Occam's razor, is that it's a scientific and philosophical rule that that entities should not be multiplied unnecessarily. Mm. Okay, so when we talk about building a spiritual practice, and really it is a practice because it's like medical doctors practice medicine. Mm-hmm. That's a great. It's a, we practice we practice spiritual growth. We practice spiritual disciplines and for one one perfectionistic guy who thinks everything's got to be perfect, it's practice does not make perfect. Mm. That's good. First, yeah. practice does not make perfect. Patterns make perfect, mm. not practice. Mm. Patterns right. make perfect. Because if we have a pattern and a framework with that pattern, this has a lot to do with unforgiveness. I'll pitch this out and you can write something later, mm-hmm. Queen. <laughs> but one of the things about, about people have such a hard time forgiving other people is they, they haven't yet verbalized that people who are ignorant of what really forgiveness is all about means and they have a hard time forgiving somebody, they have a hard time forgiving the patterns because there's no behavioral change. Mm. So when I talk about patterns of spiritual spiritual development, spiritual growth, we're talking about not adding anything to confuse or muddy the waters. It's, it's requiring the simplest concept, the simplest of competing theories. And in competing theories for developing spiritual disciplines, it's the the the, the spirit led mm-hmm. or trauma fueled flesh driven. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about that, we have we have a dichotomy there. We've got to choose one of those. You can't choose both. You can choose one. But we're we're made, we're spirit beings, we're spiritual people. Now, let me let me go to a juggler vein here. I was recently in a conversation with one of our team players here with with a, a dear lady who she was clearly confused about some theology and belief systems. And and it's not the first time we've run into this. And and again, I'm forming a baseline here, but but she she listed all these things and Jesus wants to include everybody and and uh, something reeky and 
I don't all all the stones and the the voodoo and the mm. <laughs> all this all the stuff. I've got other words for it, but can't use it on this podcast. But in short, she was beating this drum of Jesus wants to include everybody. That's why we can allow these other things into our lives to develop our spiritual being. Mm. Jesus does not want to include everybody. He's not including everybody. He's inviting people. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you take the invitation, wonderful. Then here, once you take my, my invitation to join me, mm. then I will speak to you about, about what's next for you. If you just want to follow me around and hear my little nuggets and, and spit my nuggets out to other people and think that's enough, you surely can do that. But, but if, you, if you want to receive the invitation, we can talk about that in just a few minutes. But if you want to receive the invitation and lean into it, then, then none of this other stuff can be, can be contained in it. Now, yeah. now, let me say one other thing, and then I want you to jump in because I see the speech bubbles all popping up above everything. <laughs> Visual, Maggie bubbles. <laughs> so, so we're spiritual beings. I said that. And in the beginning... Here's our baseline. If if your spiritual pursuits are not based in the Lord Jesus Christ and his ministry, his work, his words, and his proven history, then you are pursuing wrong spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Just that simple. Here's why I say that, and I'll back up my premise for that. In the beginning, God created man in his image. And this other thing that God says, don't have any graven images, don't have images in your life because God created images of himself in the world. Mm-hmm. That's you and me. That's why he doesn't want any other images. But when he did, the scripture says that God breathed Ruach into people. Mm-hmm. And he didn't breathe into their mouth. Mm-hmm. He breathed into their nose. Mm-hmm. He breathed into their nose so that they could have discernment and understand and sense and feel and smell. Mm. So if we're if we're carrying in us the life and breath of God, then only one thing could be our pursuit to satisfy that DNA desire that we have to be spiritual. We all want to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. We just can't create our own pathway. Mm-hmm. Now, we can talk more about the breath in a minute, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pause it. Yeah, I actually, um, that took me on a little rabbit trail, uh, which we can go down in a few. But I just, I just love, I want to put this in the context really of journey to wholeness because I think that's the only filter I look at life through now. Um, And when you're talking about patterns, like uh, patterns make perfect. And that might have made you pause uh, to think, wait, how does that work? And how is that different than um, what was the other saying? Practice makes Practice perfect. Practice makes perfect. Um, and so uh, patterns, we talk about in terms of patterns all the time and how do they make perfect. You know, a lot of times someone will come and ask me, you know, how is it that I can incorporate this? I can't like fit in like reading uh, the Bible or I can't uh, seem to get, you know, the the context of prayer right. I can't seem to stay focused and and things like that. And really when you said that, I thought of the patterns that can be 
uh, the clutter that gets in the way, you know, what is it that you're thinking about and worrying about and getting anxious about during your period time? Why is it that you get easily distracted? How many thoughts are going through your mind that are asking you to pay attention to them? And the way that uh, we get uh, past something is that we go through it. And oftentimes we're trying to uh, hop over or move alongside or bury it. And what we say in Journey Holes is that whatever you plant in the soil of your life, you're going to see the fruit of. Mm. And so when we say we don't want to talk about it, we want to just, you know, get past it or, you know, put it away. Well, why would you hang on to some of those things that your mind is actually asking you to address so that you can be relieved, so that they can be processed and metabolized and you actually have gone through it and conquered it and how working in patterns um, actually creates the sense neurobiologically for your brain to actually feel like it's not even a thought anymore because mm. it's actually gone into the subconscious of your mind. It's archived and you don't have to um, put in so much effort for that to be resolved. I think that it, it just kind of comes 360 because I feel like in so many of the previous podcasts, we've talked about consistency. Like when you talk about patterns, the, my brain instantly goes into consistency and habitual things, right? So if we want to be a person who knows all about the Bible, then we need to become a reader of the Bible, mm -hmm. right? Um, and in our other episodes, we talked about you want to run a marathon, you need to become a runner, mm -hmm. right? But it's patterns and it's consistency. Right. And in this case, it's getting in your word, right? right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is that consistency it may not feel like it's being productive. You may be reading things and thinking, well, I don't know how that applies to anything. But just like anything in our lives, how our brain works is the more we're exposed to it, the more it becomes something that is familiar. Once it becomes familiar and you make it something that is uh, in the forefront, your brain then registers that this is authoritative, that this is important for you. And I would say, and read the word out loud as well, because you want to be thorough in that, because what you're actually doing is embedding patterns. The Bible is giving us stories it's giving us examples, it's giving us wisdom, it's giving us instruction. And the more that you embed that into um, what you're processing, the more than it lays the tracks of the foundation of your mind so that over time, even though it felt just like when we were talking about fitness and nutrition, even though it wasn't comfortable at first, it was the stairs, not the slide that we were going on. Like, it feels like I'm climbing stairs when I do this and I'm not sure how many stairs I'm actually getting through. It's about the journey itself in that as you do those things, it starts to lay the foundation so that when you're presented with something next, that very wisdom and instruction that you admire and you see other people walking and this seems to be um, a thoughtless process for them becomes mm -hmm. a thoughtless mm -hmm. process for you mm -hmm. because that's what you have planted in the soil of your life. So pin, pin both of the things you just said because they're, they're monumental. Here's why. Because, because the word in, in Genesis 2-7, God... God breathed, breathed life was Ruach. The word, what Courtney said about reading your Bible. Let, let me give you, uh, do you know how many chapters are in the Bible? 1189. Wow. Mm. Oh. Did you know how many, how many days do you think it takes to read the Bible through in 90 days? How many chapters do you think it, it, you would have to read a day you're, you're making me do math right yeah, now, Barry. Yeah, just one second. So it takes, it's like 13.2 chapters yeah. a day to read the Bible through in 90 days, which I'm on the track now, I'm on day two. Do you know how long, pick your favorite Netflix binge program. Mm. I call it programs, other people call it shows. 
I'm a man. I'm a program. <laughs> Do you know that you can read your daily reading to read the Bible through in 90 days in within and have time left over in your favorite episode of your favorite binger? Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. The, even the uh, even the slow reader guy like me. I want to underline everything. But even the slow reader can read it through. One of the one of the things jumping ahead here. One of the things you can use is the Bible Project. Mm-hmm. You can read. There's a video read, video read, video read. Mm-hmm. I'm using that. I can't highlight. I can't underline. All I can do is read and watch the video. Read and watch the video. I'm telling you the reason why that we have to read the Bible is Second Timothy three sixteen. All Scripture is breathed. God breathed. That that Greek word for breathed is theonustos, which means God breathed, inspired by God, due to the inspiration of God. If we're spirit, ruach, we have air of God in us, mm-hmm. then the only thing that feeds the air of God in us is God breathed inspiration. So if I'm reading scripture, I don't even have to study it initially. I don't even have to study scripture. I have to read it to know it. But then as I grow deeper, Paul says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Mm-hmm. How can we study something that we're not even aware of yet or we're not even familiar with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that spirit of God breathed inspiration and we're feeding the Ruach breath of God in us, then, then reading scripture becomes easier. Mm-hmm. I, applying scripture. I'll tell you this, if you want to really one of the things I tried this, I experiment with stuff all the time and get myself in trouble most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I asked the Lord the other day, I said, I said, give me a fresh baptism of the fear of God. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's like clarifiers. So when we talk about reading scripture, it's really, it's the way to repattern. Repatternize. I just made up a new word. Mm. Repatternize <laughs> your mind. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think you saying it in that way kind of takes a lot of pressure off people because I think that when people start reading the Bible, the first question is, "But I don't know how to read the Bible. Right? Where, where do I start? What do right. I do? Right? Mm-hmm. And even if you're just listening to, you know, even going on the mm-hmm. Bible app mm-hmm. and listening to yes. it in your car mm-hmm. or listening it to it before you go to bed or reading it. Um, that's all that it, you know, simplifying it. That's all that it really takes at least up front, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to Because it's God breathed. Mm-hmm. And so he's speaking to you even mm-hmm. in those moments. Uh, but at the same time, it feels unproductive. <laughs> You know, like in, in yeah. the logical mind, that right. feels unproductive. It, it, I'm going through the 52 major stories of the Bible right now, and I'm mm. like, but I got to take all the notes, you mm. know? Like, mm. you mm. feel like that's productive and you're understanding it, but if you are able to simplify it like that, I feel like it takes this weight off of people's shoulders, not knowing where to start or... Drill drill down on... on uh, to drill down on what you just said, uh, John... And in all the Gospels, and and Paul says a lot about this, but but John says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. So don't, and we try to compare ourselves. If you try to compare yourself to Sean Hennessy or Dallas Cox or Becky Alcantar when they get up to speak and their knowledge of the Bible, you're going to wreck your mind. Mm 
Well, because they've they've spent patterns. They've been patterned for so long. For so long. Mm-hmm. So so what we're doing when when I looked at you and we were talking about patterns, I thought it's muscle memory. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Muscle memory. Yeah. 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 And the beauty, I think, of that word, um, when you translate that to it's God breathed, you know, when I think of studying the Bible, a lot of us will think of the dichotomy of uh, the educational system in that in our first 12 years of formation, it is the banking model. So I'm going to give you information and I want you to regurgitate it back to me. But the word breath implies something different. It implies I'm going to incorporate, I'm going to draw it into myself. And then what's produced from that really is uh, the the experience and the journey. So, you know, when you named all of people you named, what's happening when the word of God, which is familiar to us because it's from the same creator, same designer as our body and our minds, that it, when it comes and it's breathed into us, it should bring life, right? It should uh, bring uh, awareness and a motivation, but also at the same time, immediately it's operating within my lungs, within my diaphragm, within, you know, my nose and my throat. It is working with the, the parts of me that are me, And that's what brings value to it. When you breathe in scripture, it is working itself in the narratives and the stories and the influences and the experiences that you've had. Then now when you share it with someone else, it has a new light and a new flavor, right? It's going to impact someone that a Sean Hennessy or a Becky Alcant or a Dallas Cox or Barry Edgman is not going to because our stories are so different and how it actually moves and works in and through you is exactly what God wants. And I think we think we have to replicate like a banking model. And there's going to be a test at the end of the day where I'm going to have to know all the facts. But instead, if I can take it in and say, now, what is this doing in me? What is this um, uh, birthing in me? What is this reminding me of? What is this trying to lead me to? Because if we know God and we know his word, we know it's always sending us, pointing us, walking with us toward wholeness and healing. How is this challenging a part of me that doesn't agree with what your word says because there's something else influencing or tainting it, which makes me think of the story of uh, the woman who you know had different ideas about what Jesus was trying to invite us into. And really what Jesus is saying is come into the shelter of my wings. Um, I am inviting you over here because there's some things that have gone awry. There's some hardships, there's some pain, there's some suffering that you are experiencing that I never intended for you. So let's create some boundaries because boundaries are love. And when you know my word and you know who I am, then you know what I'm not. And Mm -hmm. it's going to help you to have the discernment to stay away from certain things, which is why our spiritual health is so important because when you are working on all the things that you're working on, you're removing horrible weeds and things that have affected you, what are you replacing it with? Because Mm -hmm. if you just leave empty space, then what is going to try to encroach in that space? Mm -hmm. I know in my garden, the weeds will take over. Mm -hmm. But if I put strong, healthy bulb roots in that place and I tend to it, then it has a chance to maintain the integrity and be in wholeness and wellness as I work in other places in my life. And so again, that word ruach, the wind, the power, the breath, the power, the empowerment of Jesus Christ, of God the Father that comes with us when we take the bulbs of his word and put them into the soil of our life. What that accomplishes, 
which scripture says far more than I hope or imagine mm-hmm. or could do on my own because mm-hmm. you weren't meant to do this on right. your own. When we compare ourselves, comparison, the other side of the comparison coin is condemnation. When we compare ourselves, we are we are condemning ourselves to an image that God never de- designed us to compare ourselves. I don't care if it is Sean Hennessy. I don't care if it is John Bevere. I don't care if it is whoever. God. Lisa Turkers. Yeah, Lisa. Lisa or Harper. Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> all. Yeah. All of those. And I'm thinking of one of the people that we talk about often who compares herself to somebody. Mm-hmm. My point is that when we, God did not make us to compare ourselves to anyone except the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Compare yourself to him. Yep. He invades, infiltrates. He corrupts your life with goodness and wholeness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He corrupts your life with that. And when he does, then you begin to see the true nature of sin and the pain that's happened to you because he is the king of the upside down kingdom. Mm-hmm. And it's a lifelong pursuit. Oh, no doubt. Because you're always going to fall short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like, you know, the phrase in scripture that says, as we are perfected, meaning, um, you know, I may be perfected, I may conquer, I may get over, I may heal from one thing. And I... What's more important about that process, though, is the tools, the understanding, the wisdom, what I gained in the process, because there's nothing that returns void is what scripture tells us as well. And so there's nothing that can't be redeemed and, and return. It's, it's the promise of God. And so I know when I am facing a pain, when I am facing a hardship, that there's good that is coming out of that, that God immediately was beside me, behind me, before me saying, I saw this coming and I have a plan mm-hmm. for your redemption. I have a plan for your healing. And we can't, um, um, you know, get lost in that process. I think sometimes we can get overwhelmed or discouraged, which is why it's important to understand the voice of God. And that's what scripture and prayer and being in a faith community help us to do. The more that I can um, steep myself in God's voice, in God's word, the more I'm going to understand when that's at play or when something else is at play. Mm. Uh, because we are creative beings. We're made by the creator. And so we can find ways to work, uh, or you know, I guess, let, let me say it this way, our unconscious can find ways for things to work out our subconscious because what we were made for is healing. So it gets creative in the ways that it tries to draw our attention because Mm. as a culture, we're really good at uh, bypassing, uh, I I can think of all these different things. Hacking. Pressing down, maybe pushing past. Um, You know, we're really, we pride ourselves on that. But the things that our mind is trying to bring our attention to, the things that our body, our heart, our our digestive system, uh, the ache that you have uh, in your foot, all of that is working toward your good. The fact that you feel that pain says that there's something not right Mm. and there is healing, there's opportunity. It's trying to get your attention because that's not for you, that there's actually goodness for you. But if we're going to get to that goodness. We have to start learning how to pause and we have to start learning how to discern when it's something that's for us or something that's against us because that's true as well. Becky, you're trying to tell me that the ache in my knee is actually trying to work for me. Yeah, I am. But 
there may be a point in your journey that you have encountered the healing, you have overcome some things, but that voice still wants to accuse you and tell you that things are still the same. And you have to be able to tell the difference when there's the voice of contempt or there's the voice of God that is at play. And the only way we do that is to steep ourselves in not only the word and the practical things that we can do, but we have to have a relationship with God the Father, with Jesus Christ, and most of all, His Holy Spirit, which reminds us and guides us and shows us the way. How do we acquire that? How do we clear the voices that are influencing us in our life, if not by actually uh, going after them, as scripture says, uh, chasing them down and bringing them into the obedience of Christ. But also I need to know the voice of my father and his intentions for me. So when that voice of accusation and blame and shame and condemnation come at you, you know that that is not your father's voice and you know Mm -hmm. when to turn away Mm -hmm. and when to tell it to shut up. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we need to tell it to shut Mm -hmm. up, that this is not my legacy. This is not my name, that I have a father who has promised me healing and wholeness. And that's the one I'm going to lean into. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. So one of the things that, that we have to realize is, and these are things that you don't just jump into and understand. Well, everybody knows that they understand the concept of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. One God, three persons. One God, three persons. One God, three persons. God created. Jesus was present. Spirit of God, the scripture says, hovered over the waters to create as as though uh, uh, creating birth, giving birth to. Mm-hmm. Then God saw fit to send Jesus to redeem man. Jesus came and Jesus, by will of God and and directive of God, said, I have to go. I've been walking with you externally, but now I, I must leave. And as I'm going, Holy Spirit is coming and he will dwell within you. He 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 is me in you. He is my father in you. And I will lead you and guide you and direct you. Here's the beauty about that. If you will listen to the wind of God in your soul, the quiet whisper, the still small voice, I don't care what level you are in your faith, he, the Holy Spirit, will whisper the perfect will of God to you and he will will whisper to you the way that Jesus would respond to any given situation if Jesus were standing beside you instructing you as to how to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's just that simple. It's cut away all the fluff and the mess. Mm-hmm. Cut away, Occam's razor, actually the word actually means to shave away all the fat and all the all the the stuff that would take you down rabbit trails and, and cause you to disregard the, the core truth of I am he who has come to dwell inside you. That's the truth. That's the core. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. As you're talking about that, I just thought of, um, you know, often people go, well, what is that? What is that gut feeling you're talking about? And it's literally like in your gut, meaning uh, it's your parasympathetic nervous system. And uh, the definition is um, in quiet and rest and digest conditions, Um, is when you're able to see more clearly. And so when you are in rest and digest conditions, you have a sense of that whisper, 
right, when you're in rest. But in order to get there, we have to get into places of quiet, not just where, you know, there's not noise around you and you're getting your uh, sound-canceling bowls, like headphones. Hello. But also um, the voices that are at play that run across your mind, the things that you say, um, the narratives that you live by, the beliefs that you have uh, that are embedded in you. But also we have to get our body quiet. We have to get our nervous system that might be um, really agitated, always um, running 100 miles an hour if you're a very motivated person. Like you have access to certain parts of your Yourself that have made your nervous system quite noisy. And so it would be difficult to hear that voice of God when there's other voices that are cluttering. And so what is it that you have to do in reflection of this past month, if you've been listening in along, you know, is it your emotional state that there are things that you need to work through? You have a backlog of things that you have not processed or talked to or felt. Um, are there things in your mind that, you know, you just allow to circle and wander around and you haven't sought help to actually process those things? Is it your digestive system itself, which is the second brain in your body, that there's some agitation there? That Are you taking uh, antacids all the time? Um, are you having stomach issues? Do you often say you feel bloated or inflamed or uh, backed up? Um, all of these things matter and they absolutely can uh, be like the corrosion on the 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 connector points of the battery when you're looking for life and breath and wisdom and discernment and you want to so desperately hear the voice of God, are you engaging in the things necessary to clear the receptors? Because there's some, again, I love that you're saying we need to cut away the clutter. How do I need to cut away the clutter in my life so that I can establish the spiritual health that I need so that I can begin or continue the the healing process in all these other areas of my life. And so if you can see my hands, I keep making like this big foundation. Like I just see this as um, maybe the foundation of a house and I'm trying to build all of these rooms and I'm trying to build a castle, but I only seem to be making a tiny house. I would challenge you to look at what does my spiritual health look like? Do I have health or do I have no engagement at all? Because how far that I go in establishing that foundation is going to dictate how well all of these other areas go. And it's all related. We're all made by the same God who made all of these elements of me and they're all important. All of them require some attention, some balance. We're not going to be perfect, um, but Again, spirit, uh, scripture says that he will perfect us as we go through the process of giving attention to each one of these areas and we will see exponential growth overall in our health, especially our mental health. Boom. Yeah, so that I feel yeah. like that kind of led that kind of let, leads me into I guess how do you practically develop a spiritual practice? You know, mm. like I guess if you're the person that's never been in their Bible or they're new to church all the way up until someone who, you know, is Holy Spirit filled, but maybe they're out of their Bible or um, I guess, how do you encourage them? That's to, really good. That's a good question. To do that. Because I'm all about the practical. I want to know like what's step one, what's step two. Yeah. And I know it's not always perfect like that, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how would you encourage a newcomer or someone who's been around the block before? Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that is that um, God, God's a creator. He's not chaotic, but he's methodical and patterned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just if you just read creation, you, you know that he, he's methodical. 
Therefore, if we're created in the image of God, we are that way too. And it's okay to go one, two, three, and four. It's like, if this, I, I, when you were doing your little drawing thing, your air drawing, mm-hmm. I thought you were drawing a, I thought you were drawing a baseline. Like, this is where you got to start right mm-hmm. here, buddy. Like a baseline. That's but good. then you said foundation. And I thought, wait a minute, if, if it's foundation, then Jesus is the cornerstone. So mm-hmm. why do we struggle and wrestle so much? You know, I, I think, I think most of us in, to your question is I think most of us in our spiritual development, our spiritual discipline practice in our lives, we're in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like what the heck is? And then we just don't if, do anything. We don't do any. Yeah, and then and then we wonder why, why it, God's. Uh, uh, so many things. I got so <laughs> much going on. So let, well, I mean, and you're in that. Typically, here's why I think we don't think it works. Because we don't come to Christ as the cornerstone until we are in a state of emergency. And at that point, you can take journey. I can explain all the reasons why we can't accomplish much in that state. But also, we're looking for a quick fix, and it's the last resort. And I say that from my own personal experience. I have been doing this my whole life, and still I'll find myself trying to figure out something on my own, of my own strength and volition. I am Eve trying to control things and be on top of things when he's like, I'm right here. (laughs) And so why do I hesitate to go to him first? When we go to him last, we're going to him in this uh, crisis state, and it's going to be difficult even when he's speaking to us to hear him because everything shuts down when you go into your survival state in your limbic brain. So we're we're actually sabotaging ourselves by actually waiting to the last minute to go to him. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> no, I was just, no, that's all right. No, I just got this visual from when you were doing the the baseline or the mm-hmm. foundation and mm-hmm. Jesus being at you know the mm-hmm. cornerstone. Mm-hmm. I had this this visual of, you know, we all know like the three little pig story, right? Mm-hmm. The brick and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I had this this visual of um, somebody on the top of like a straw house mm-hmm. and like they got to the top, but all of a sudden they're in trouble and they fall and it's a long ways down. But when they finally hit the ground, mm. Jesus is their last resort. Mm. Fine go. And That's good. it just like gave me chills because I was like, that is exactly what happens to so many people, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that, go ahead because that, you— That's two things. That's two, We should do this more often. This is good. <laughs> this is chemistry here. So, so two things. One, Paul said about Jesus being the cornerstone. He said, Jesus, the cornerstone who the builders rejected, were created in the image of God, so we're created to be mm-hmm. creative. So we create things, mm-hmm. fluff and stuff and fatty— just things that distract us that's not really the real thing. But he also said the cornerstone was the rock that crushed and broke, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you go to Proverbs, I believe it's in chapter 24, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The word beginning to Courtney's thing was the word beginning means I have fallen to the deepest depths. Mm. There is nowhere else to go. Wow. I cannot get out. I cannot climb out. I cannot relieve or get a mulligan, I can't call for help. All that I can do is call for God. Mm. That's the beginning of wisdom, the Mm. fear of the Lord, the awe of God, the fear of walking with him and hearing because I will tell you when he says things, sometimes you do not want to hear it. Mm. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, it's 
all right, kid, listen, son, it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, let's, we're, we're running out of time here. So let's give our listeners some really practical, like, how do I start this? I get what you're saying. I'm I'm drinking the water now. Mm-hmm. How do I start? What does this look like? Give me some steps. All right. So here's here's some really like basic four things that I try to teach guys who and and most people who have been in in the way mm-hmm. many years have literally been in their own way for many years. Like yeah. like I'm the I'm the problem, not you. And then they realize, wait, I've got to go back. I've got to go back to the simple thing. So here's the simple thing. Number one, pursue and understand spiritual principles. Pursue them. What are they? Here are three simple ones in the scripture. One, pursue the presence of God. The presence of God in seconds will do more than you or any man can do in years. Yeah, so good. So give just like that. Us some examples of what that might look like. That is. One of the things with that, pursuing the presence of God, it's a whole nother podcast, but just really quick, you can pursue the presence of God first and foremost in your own personal worship. Create a place, your car, your shower, your quiet place, wherever that is, you alone develop your your discipline of worshiping God. Mm-hmm. And worshiping doesn't mean you're on your phone or any of that other stuff. It means I'm, I'm worshiping God. Uh, the second the second piece of really pursuing the presence of God is corporate worship with your friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a difference between worshiping like the three of us or in a smaller group or individually, but, but when you are in corporate worship, it's a totally different explosive experience right. that feeds the soul. Mm-hmm. The second thing is understand, just begin to study and read about the Holy Spirit. Now, what books do you read? Google Google the Holy Spirit and understand no and understand that if you are reading something that's contrary to the scripture, he, the Holy Spirit, will tell you, wait, that's not right. Go to the next one, Mm -hmm. right? Because new age mimics the Holy Spirit through the the presence and power of man's own skill and ability. Right. That's the deception. Mm -hmm. That's That's the deception. That's the deception. So when I have to go to the Holy Spirit, I have to say wait a minute, even in fight, fly, freeze, or fawn, Holy Spirit is saying, shh, right. that's all he's saying. Yeah. Just shh, to, shh, I'll tell you later when you can understand. Mm-hmm. Third thing is understand this spiritual principle, sowing and reaping. Right. What I read, I'll reap. Mm-hmm. What I understand, be multiplied. What I watch, I will reap. What I watch. The conversations I have, I will reap. Yeah. Everything that you engage in, your brain is recording and establishing as the foundational patterns for your life. And so it may not yeah. seem like a big deal that you're sitting and not participating in conversations, that you're sitting and not participating, or you look away at certain scenes, but your brain, all of your nervous system is at work. And so even, um, you know, we joke at home that sometimes we do you watching a movie and we would tell the kids, close your eyes, but they're still hearing. They're still, they still have an awareness of what's going on. And so we Truth. have to do some real assessment and say, well, should we have a screen that for them first? Should we have, 
or, you know, if they're older, because uh, at some point you don't have full control, are we having conversations about that so that my brain resolves that that is not mm-hmm. the way that I live and go and walk and breathe and live, that there is something that is true uh, and I am establishing what that is. You know, we're we're doing a, um, we always do like a build better habits thing at the gym, mm. you know, once a year, a couple of times a year. And one of the, one of the focuses this week is mindset. And mm. uh, this particular topic came up in my list of how you can improve your mindset. And Pastor Sunny always talks about, uh, she's on such a short leash. And mm-hmm. through the last, you know, five, three or four or five years, like I, my leash has gotten shorter. And, and there's times where I'm very grateful for it, but then there's times it makes me mad when I'm like, you know, in class coaching and people are talking about all these shows and, you know, I used, I used to, I used to think people were like, oh, but you're kind of prudish. Like, why can't you watch that? Or, you know, and now I'm that person where I'm like, yeah. oh, but I just like, I can't watch it. That, and that's holiness. Yeah. That's sanctification. That's all that is. Yeah. And it's, and it's a privilege. Like you're glad right. that you have that, the Holy Spirit in yes. you to, to tell you that that is not mm. serving mm. you or God's kingdom. But, but it's a little bit of like a kick to the gut of like, wow, like, I am on a short leash, like in a great way, but Mm. also in in a a way way. where you're like, you know, your sinful nature wants to go Mm. the, but Mm -hmm. just, no, I'm just going to, God, I'm going to close the door and I want to watch that. But what beauty, and again, I know you've said, I don't want to clarify. It's not that someone has prohibited you from doing certain things. It is that now, because you have had a changing over of your soil, you have done the work that when you are in those spaces, you are hearing the for voice sure. of God saying, this is not for you. Totally. This is not for life. And this is not mm. for the benefit of you and the legacy that you're building. And so that becomes stronger yeah. and louder, even in the whispers, because it's still a whisper. It's mm-hmm. not like suddenly I hear on the megaphone. It's still a whisper, but I just hear more clearly now. For sure. And it's interesting seeing my husband and I have different leash lengths, you know? Um, and <laughs> that's, that sounds so funny. That's another podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. Like I love the sowing so, and reaping. So take, take it again, Occam's razor couldn't be more clear right now. Take everything in, in spiritual disciplines, development of spiritual habits and disciplines, take it to seed level. Seed level. Not fruit level, not right. fruition level, not right. not root level, not not even little something coming out of the ground. Take it to seed level in the kingdom of God. Every every thought eventually becomes a word, and every word is a seed. It's so good. Every word is a seed. So when I say to my kids, "You're an idiot," I've just planted seed. Mm-hmm. When I say to my wife, "You're amazing," and I love you, and in the back of my mind. I know you're struggling right now and you're you're walking through a miserable place, but you're amazing. Yeah. So when you when you talk about those different things and you begin to analyze and begin to explore, you begin to understand, wait, seed level, seed level, seed level. I wait, practice the presence of God, pursue the presence of God, be in the presence of God. Second thing, pursue discipleship. Discipleship means I will follow Jesus closely. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Mm-hmm. Just just Come do what I do. Walk with me. Mm-hmm. And find a, a group of people that you can walk with. Yeah. Um, Jesus had 12. And right. so none of us are made to do it alone. Right. Find a group of people that you can walk with, that right. you can learn with, who can encourage you, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you get discouraged, and that you can encourage because it's in doing 
uh, it's in uh, saying that we reinforce those patterns we're trying to establish. Right. You know, with that discipleship thing, uh, when when we we are actually trying to, and there's a simple definition, I'm trying to live a life worthy of imitation by imitating Jesus and emulating him in my everyday life. That's what discipleship is. Uh, and, w- and when we do that, we begin to see a different like, we begin to see the world differently. And then the last thing I said for, but the faith community is in- interwoven within this. So I won't mention that as number four, but number three is understand your calling. Even if you're brand new rookie in Jesus, if you're a dumb rookie Jesus person, understand your calling. Know this, that everyone's calling all of our callings are similar, but specific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me daily, moment by moment, one translation says, he was saying, pick up, pick up your, your similar call to follow me, give your life for me, dedicate your life for me, give up your own right to follow me. We all have to do that. But then he said, carry your cross. You carry the cross part is what does he call me to do and what do I have to live out and bear in doing what he's called me to do? Yeah, and I I like to point this out too because I know for many years in my youth, uh, I looked and searched and tried to find and discover my calling. Um, I always joke, but it was true. I remember one day uh, on the Oprah show, they were going to talk about what you're made for and your purpose. I was like, tell me, Oprah, mm. tell me. I was yeah. looking at the wrong one yeah. to tell me. Uh, and when I learned that, it made all the difference. But calling is not about seeking and finding. It's about listening and knowing. Let me, let me go ahead. I'm sorry. And so I think uh, that just like ties into what Pastor Barry's talking about. It's it's the breath of God. It's the voice of God. It's the listening to what God has already established and is working in you. And when we can get rid of the clutter, we can cut away the things. Um, we can cut away the things that have tried to give us our identity and our calling. Then we're going to hear more clearly what that is in our life. In in. And I'll, I'll end with this as far as, as I'm concerned. All right, I'm, it's not my podcast. Anyway, John 17, <laughs> Jesus, was, Jesus was praying. Jesus prayed the high priestly prayer over the disciples. And this will help you for years. I was told in college, in kid and youth group, I was groomed to be a missionary to the world. You got to save the world. You got to save the world. I just recently realized and found some really great peace in knowing that Jesus said, I believe it's John 17, 9, Jesus says, Father, I don't pray for the world. Mm. I pray for these you've given me. Mm. So good. In other words, God in our calling has a select group of people he wants us to reach. Select group. Mm -hmm. Select group. So good. So we don't have to reach the world. We have to reach those that God's given us. For sure. Uh, One last thing. So... I'm, I just want to kind of reiterate because the things that I that I took out from practical practices is pursue the presence of God, learn about the Holy Spirit, surround yourself with Jesus' people, just like Jesus surrounded himself with his disciples. Follow Jesus, understand your calling. And I think the biggest one is, is like the question to ask yourself, is this a seed I want to plant? Mm-hmm. Like that just hit home so for good. some reason. So, so. All right. Well, thank you, Barry. Uh, Everyone else, thanks for joining us for our special Mental Health Month series. Do you have a question you'd like to address on the podcast? 
Email us at info at j2wholeness.org. Please rate, review, and share this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at j 2 underscore wholeness. The whole podcast is a production of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to equip you to face life's challenges. For more information about online courses, in-person groups, intensives, and retreats, please visit our website at j2wholeness.org. The letter J, the number two, wholeness.org.